When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Late night Midnight on the interstate And I didn't feel so great Until I saw the city Welcome back to Straight from the Source with Michael Russo. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. My guest today, Ryan Reeves, somebody that I'm sure a lot of Wild fans did not like um, as of about a week and a half ago, but now probably are starting to fall from uh, three games, played three good games as well with the Wild, um, and the team is 2-1 and one in those three games. And he's my guest today, and it's a real fun interview with a very charismatic, uh, very good quote. He's the re- There's a reason why he's a darling for sports writers around the National Hockey League. He's always somebody that all... Um, home writers, but definitely out-of-town writers flock to his stall to talk to because he's just, one, so friendly, but two, um, just such a great quote, uh, no political correctness to him, all that type of stuff, you know, willingness to be honest. And um, I remember when I was covering the Winnipeg Jets and the Vegas Gold Knights series in 2018, he was somebody that I leaned on a lot for good stuff. And then what do you know? He scores the uh, series clinching goal to send Vegas to the Stanley Cup final in his hometown of Winnipeg. So a real fun interview talking about that, talking about his dad, Willard Reeves, um, who played in the Canadian Football League, is a legend up there, uh, played also a little cup of coffee in the National Football League with the Washington Redskins and the Miami um, Dolphins. And in fact, his brother, Jordan Reeves, still plays in the CFL as well. So we'll talk to him about that. We'll talk to him about his, uh, he's a relative of the of Bass Reeves, the old U.S., famous U.S. Marshal. Different spelling and um, really interesting how how they found out that uh, that they that the family is related to Bass Reeves, um, the famous, famous, um, uh, you know, uh, U.S. Marshal that was back in the, uh, what, in the 1800s. I remember reading about him when I was a kid. Uh, so um, again, hopefully everybody enjoys this interview and gets a better appreciation for somebody that they've probably rooted against for many, many years just because of the style that he has. But he is your typical uh, hate him when you root it, when you watch him on another team, but love him when he's on your own team. And um, clearly, uh, he is he is uh, fit in well. And there's a reason why Billy Guerin went out and got him. And that's just because this team is a small team and they need some ruggedness. They need some size. And he brings both of those. If you see him off the ice, he's absolutely ripped um, in impeccable shape. And uh, for a guy that was scratching eight of nine games before coming here, he certainly feels like he's getting his legs right now and he's fit in. Um, He started on the third line. Obviously, that wasn't going to be a long-term decision. Now he's back down to the fourth line. But you know what? He played really well last night with Connor Durer and Mason Shaw. So we'll see if that continues. Um, Wild have won four of their last five games. They're in this little 2-1 win, uh, lose one, win two, lose one modes right now. And they're going to try to win their first, uh, get their first three game winning streak on Saturday afternoon against the Anaheim Duck. And then they'll, Ducks, and then they'll continue down to Dallas, begin a four game road trip on a second of back to back against Jason Robertson, who's 22 goals already. Um, and Dallas Stars, Jason Robertson, absolute superstar. Um, and, uh, the guy that he was runner up to, um, 
in the Calder Trophy a couple of years ago, Kirill Kaprizov is really heating up for the wild now, has a 10-game point streak. That's a career high, 17 points in that stretch. Um, we've seen him in you know, more uh, torrid paces uh, in his point streaks in the past. Uh, but here he's getting, you know, points every single night. He also broke the franchise record that he had tied with Jimmy Dowd with a nine game assist streak uh, last night on uh, first period, ass- second period assist on Yule Erickson X uh, goal. And Erickson X is playing really well as well. He has nine points in his last six games, four multiple point games, winning draws every night. Last night checked uh, the heck out of Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl at even strength. That line did absolutely nothing. The Oilers were really, really tired last night. You could tell, um, you know, Jay Woodcroft, I think, uh, rolled the dice. He tried to get the winnable game in Chicago, and he really abnormally, I've never seen ice time deployment on the front end of a back-to-back like this in my life. Connor McDavid played 27 minutes. Leon Dreisel played 26 minutes. Darnell Nurse played 29 minutes. Cody Cece, I think, was at 26 minutes. Zach Hyman was at 25 minutes. And then everybody else was in the, like, 10s to 14s. Um, you just knew that the Wild had to take advantage of that yesterday. That, you know, as good as McDavid and Dreisaitl are, that they, uh, they're they just not superhuman guys. And so, last night, to me, they looked tired, and they still wound up with getting points, right? Dreisaitl scores on the power play goal, just a great shot, and then sets up McDavid on the two-on-one when they got out there against Middleton and Spurgeon and, uh, and, and the Steele line, the top line, not the Erickson Eck line. You know, a, a tough play by Steele. I, th- I know what he was doing. He was trying to catch Jack Campbell out of that, threw the puck at the net, but the problem is nobody was there, so the puck left the zone pretty easy. And then Middleton, who I thought was great last night, um, just had a bad pinch, uh, and obviously it led to the two-on-one. But, um, you know, again, these guys play 30 shifts a game, and I know that Wild fans are always uh, quick to jump on a defenseman when they make a mistake. If you watched last night's game and didn't think Middleton was great. I just don't know what you're you're watching. So he made one mistake in a game. It led to a goal. But how many goals down low did Middleton break up with just a great stick, great body being down low in front of the net? I thought he played a fabulous game. So I think you could forgive him for one uh, bad play. Uh, I wrote about Kirill Kaprizov today. He's been a big topic, obviously, lately. Joe Smith wrote about him the other day where he talked a bunch of stars around the league, the Kucherovs and McKinnons, about what their appreciation and respect level for Kaprizov. I wrote about him today. I've been kind of keeping this in the holster for a while, but his parents and his girlfriend have actually been in town for a month um, on a temporary work, a temporary visa, uh, a travel visa to come to the, the Twin Cities and stay here. They've been uh, staying with Kaprizov at his condo. Um, they've been going out to dinner all over town. His mom's making a bunch of food and Krill in English last night joked that he's been well fed and has much more energy. And, you know, he you could tell last night from talking to Kaprizov, one, how excited he is that his parents and his girlfriend are in town, but two, that they're seeing the team play so well and him play so well during this stretch. And uh, they've won, again, four of the last five games. They're four and two on this homestand, can make it five and two with a win against Anaheim. And then uh, his parents and girlfriend will stay a little longer and then um, I I believe head home. And then I assume that his dad's going to come back for the father-son trip. Um, in Florida in January. Obviously, you got to get them a visa for that, and they're going through those hoops now. Uh, but really cool story uh, with Kaprizov, and he's just getting more and more comfortable with his English, too, with us. He's so affable to the writers. I can't tell you um, 
how how fun that's been is is just feeling like you're getting to know them this year as a beat writer. Uh, you have those relationships with all these guys because you get to know them and they speak uh, your common language. And obviously, um, you know, Kirill, he speaks English around the guys, um, but he's learning more and more. And he's just so friendly to the to the writers now and, uh, you know, uh, and chatting with us. And last night he was he was happy to talk to us. And I just think that's really cool because I think one of the toughest parts of covering him the first couple of years was you get to a point where you, because he was only talking through his translator, you start just asking his teammates all the time about him. So if he has a good game, four-point game or something, you're asking Zuccarello or Felino or Erickson Eck, and sooner or later they get tired of that, right? It's not their not their job to always pump his tires to the media um, and and talk on his behalf. And lately, uh, we're talking to him a lot after games, and sometimes it's in, in English, sometimes it's with his translator. His translator, Ilya, was actually at the game yesterday, so he just came into the locker room and did it in per- person with us, but there's points where Ilya's helping but there's other points where Kirill is understanding what we're saying. He always understands what we're asking, but there's times where he's actually communicating back in English too, rather than just always um, in Russian and giving it to the reporter. And it's just, I, I can't tell you how much I respect that. Just imagine any of us parachuting in to Russia and playing in the Continental Hockey League and trying to talk to Russian reporters as English speaking people. It'd be pretty impossible. Um, at least for me, it would. And for Kaprizov and all, <clears throat> all these Europeans that come over here, and do it. I always just uh, um, incredibly respectful. And by the way, I think I've always told you guys uh, Ilya's relationship. So Ilya, um, I actually covered his father. His father was a National Hockey League defenseman named Igor Kravchuk. Um, different spelling than his last name. Uh, Igor Americanized his last name for a dumb or for for the dumb American reporters like myself, and and uh, made it I think K R A V C H U K or maybe C K. Um, but I covered him for a cup of coffee in Florida. Really cool guy. Had a really great National Hockey League career. And then coincidentally, um, Igor's agent was Paul Theofanis, who is Krill's agent and Ilya Igor's son happens to live in the Twin Cities working for 3M. So that's how Ilya became uh, connected with Kaprizov and became sort of the quasi uh, translator for Kaprizov here. Just total happenstance that he lived here and that there was a relationship with Theophanes. Uh, he did, I believe he did not know Kaprizov before he got here. So pretty cool story there. Um, a lot of cool games coming up as well. A lot of cool stories coming. Uh, I got a Mike Madano NHL 99 story coming out next week. So hopefully everybody reads that. Um, on Friday, uh, probably a little after a little before this podcast or a little after this podcast, Joe and I um, do a story on five burning questions um, that the wild need to answer for the second half of the season here, even though we're barely into the second quarter of the season, but you get the drift. Uh, so we did five, five. Actually, I think we did six burning questions. I have an editor at the Star Tribune that used to always say to me, he's like, don't, you don't have to make it five or 10 or 15. I know that's like the newspaper thing, but if there's six questions there's six questions, so do six. So thanks for Chris Miller for that advice years ago and i still hold up to it there was no reason why we had to do five burning questions if there's six so that'll be in friday's athletic um sunday i'll have a game story uh, so joe will have a game story off saturday's game from the anaheim against anaheim i'll do one from dallas and then joe's on the road trip next week and then uh the the uh homestand after that hopefully everybody enjoys this podcast with ryan reeves but first here's a word from one of our sponsors well, welcome to Ryan Reeves. Uh, welcome to Minnesota, first of all, Ryan, uh, where uh, you've played a lot of games in your career. I uh, bet you've never gotten cheered in this building, though, as much as you have been lately. Not once. No, not <laughs> once. Nice to hear. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what, how is, what is that like? I mean, you, you've been in this job now for several years, and you know you are the prototypical 
like from a fan base standpoint, you love it, you love you if you're on your team, but man, if you got to watch you, you just hate that guy. And you know, and then you get traded to a new team. Now those fans fall for you immediately. What is that like uh, to be that person? Yeah, it's fun. I mean, honestly, I I love going to different buildings and uh, people hating me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know why. So that's just fun to me. But it's also uh, a lot of fun when you get to a new team and all of a sudden, uh, you know, the same same fans that were booing you and uh, you know yelling at you during a game are now cheering for you. So it's uh, you know it's it's a fun little transition. I always find you like like refreshingly old school. Like uh, and and not just from the fighting standpoint. Like the like you. You know, in Chikrin's Grill the other day, I remember last year you were in Kaprizov's Grill. Um, you you seem to, from an old school perspective, identify who's the guy on the other team that is their big player and try to get uh, him rattled and thrown off his game. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, that's how I was brought up. I was uh, I was brought up as a guy that um, you know obviously wasn't there to score goals, so uh, I was there to intimidate, stick up for teammates, draw some energy, uh, get in the grill of uh, other players, and. Um, you know, try and draw penalties, um, and you know, just have fun. Right. Yeah. Tell me about your 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 folks. I mean, your dad, uh, Willard, uh, born in Arizona, quite a uh, Canadian Football League career, a most outstanding player, I think, in '84. Yeah. Um, ends his career uh, playing for the Redskins and the and the Dolphins, uh, team that I used to actually cover down in Florida, the Dolphins. Um, what was the football background? How much did you just love watching him play and, and all that? I, you know, I don't remember much of watching him play. There was one like highlight video cassette that I, uh, I would watch every week probably. Um, cause I, I love football. I, I still love football. Um, arguably probably liked it a little bit more when I was younger. Um, yeah, I don't remember him playing, but I just, I just remember being, you know, while, while I was growing up. Everything was football in my house. Like my dad would play knee football with me. He'd get, we'd set down pads, and um, you know, he'd get on his knees and throw the ball to me, and I'd have to try and get around him. He'd tackle me, um, always like swatting my feet when I was running, throwing footballs at me all the time. Um, who could touch the ceiling quickest uh, between me and my brothers? We grew up just a lot of, yeah, a lot of a lot of battles, but a lot of it had to do with uh, football. Yeah, and your brother still Jordan yep. plays for plays uh, in Edmonton, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so is that going on now? Like, will you see him on this trip or how does, uh, no. So his season's done. He's <laughs> okay. in Carolina now. So his, his wife, uh, races NASCAR. So that's kind of stationed in, wow. uh, in Carolina. So, um, yeah, he's down there for the off season. So his wife races NASCAR. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She's in like the, I don't think it's the, the very top league. I think it's the league right under, but uh-huh. uh, yeah, she's in the, in the NASCAR league. Now, what a fascinating life you have. And you have, yeah. si- uh, you said another brother or sister. No, I have a, a half sister, okay. uh, but she's my sister and, right. uh, and she lives in uh, Arizona. So. Right. Yeah. And you were a football player. I mean, you were supposed to play football, right? I Until was, you, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, probably. I probably should have the way I play on the ice, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I love football. Um, I lived and breathed it. Uh, you know, I, I I did hockey too, but I was arguably a little bit better at football. Um, and then you know, just uh, playing in a hockey tournament. We were uh, right before you get drafted into junior, shaking hands in the game after, and uh, my knee just locked up, tore my PCL, and um, I got drafted into junior. And uh, Kelly McCrimmon was the coach, GM, owner at the time. He said, "If you want to, you know, if you want to play hockey here, you got to make a decision. Like you can't be playing both." And I wasn't willing to sit out football and hockey, so mm-hmm. uh, that was just kind of a decision made for me. Um, and how does one uh, – I remember asking this. I covered that 2018 series when you scored the clinching goal up in Winnipeg, and I remember asking how does one tear his PCL in a handshake line? How, you have no idea, right? I honestly have no idea. I was I was gliding on my right foot shaking hands, and all of a sudden my heel just, like, kicked to my, mm-hmm. to my butt. And 
I, I just I just went down on the ice and I thought like thought maybe I broke a bone or something got an x-ray nothing so I had to go for a MRI and yeah, I said tore my PCL so I must have did something in the game that uh, was just ready to snap and then I, I guess. But by the way, like you have, uh, I mean, and Kelly McCrimmon brings you to Vegas, uh, acquired you from the from Pittsburgh. I mean, technically it was George McPhee, I, I assume, but I'm sure yeah, Kelly uh, Kelly uh, yeah, did the full sure. endorsement. What is it about Kelly? Like, I, even after, like, every time I see him after a game, there's other players from other teams that he's had that come up to him to want to, you know, Braden Shen. I was just in St. Louis, uh, at the St. Louis uh, Vegas game a couple of weeks ago, and Braden Shen right away looking for Kelly. And what is it about him that there's such loyalty amongst the players that used to play for him? Uh, well, for me, he was always kind of a mentor for me. So, um, you know, not going to lie, he put up with a lot of uh, a lot of stuff in, uh, in my first year that uh-huh. he probably shouldn't have. Uh, he gave me a lot of chances and kind of guided me through, you know, being – little bit of an idiot when I was younger mm-hmm. um, and then just even coming up once I left junior he was always a guy you know if I was going through something if uh, you know I just needed to talk to somebody in the hockey world he was always the guy that I would talk to so um, yeah he's always been kind of that guy for me in the hockey world um, and I got a lot of respect for him obviously he he kind of helped me rejuvenate my career in mm-hmm. uh, in Vegas um, but he's you know he's, he's very loyal to the guys he had in junior mm-hmm. he, you know I think if you look at the the, the Golden Knights, a lot of players came from Brandon or a lot of players came from Manitoba. And, uh, you know, when I played in Brandon, a lot of players were from Manitoba. He's, mm-hmm. he's very loyal to Manitoba for, uh, I don't know, for, for whatever reason. Um, and I think a lot of guys respect him for that. Um, obviously, uh, uh, I mean, every year in the NHLPA poll, you're voted as one of the toughest, the toughest guy in the National Hockey League. Um, how hard is it from your, your role that, uh, we were talking about it the other day where, you know, there are guys that just won't fight you anymore. Um, so it just feels like you had to adjust your game and, and play a regular shift. And yeah. Like yeah. It's, it's, it was tough, I guess, uh, when it was happening. Um, you know, you saw a lot of, a lot of guys like me getting kicked out of the league mm-hmm. kind of right out of, right uh, after the lockout. And, you know, you had to... You had to adjust. Like, I, I didn't want to be that guy that was, all right, there's nobody else fighting, so now I'm not, you know, I don't have a job. So I had to get faster. I had to, you know, work on the hands a little bit. But I had to be able to keep up with, the, you know, the new speed. You know, from when I came into the league to now, the game is much faster. And so to be able to keep up with some of these guys is, you know, it had to take some adjusting. I wasn't I wasn't in the gym working out as much. I was, um, you know, not, not in the gym. I wasn't, you know, just lifting weights to get big, to get ready for these guys. It was more, okay, now I got to – work on my speed and you know, more jumps, more explosive stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a little bit of a adjustment and then, you know, now it is what it is. Like, yeah, I'd, you know, I think last year I had three fights. Um, you know, it just, it's hard to get them now. Yeah. And does that make it, I mean, does that make it more fun for you though, that now, I mean, you come here though, and you're, you know, you you start off uh, playing with Eric Snack the other night. Last night you played a, a, a regular shift. I mean, at least now you're in a, in an action, and rather than just being the guy that has to play sheriff. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, you know, I'm still going to play sheriff. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think that's ever going to go away. But um, it, it's it's much easier in my game when I'm playing a regular shift rather than you know playing a shift and then sitting for ten minutes and then there's a TV timeout and then there's a power play <laughs> and then you know you get out you know fifteen minutes later. I think if you ask anybody around the league that's played that those kind of minutes sometime in their career, it's the hardest thing in hockey to do. Yeah. You know, playing 
playing 16, 17 minutes is much easier than playing seven minutes because, right. you know, not because you're not rested. It's because, you know, you, you sit there, you just don't feel like you're in the game. So then when you get out for a shift, you just feel like you have to do something. And that's when you overthink the game. That's when you make mistakes. And so it's, it's hard to get in a rhythm when you're not out there regularly. Yeah. Uh, I asked you about this the other day. I'm fascinated that uh, you, you did some lineage lately. Uh, recently, your dad, I think, did and found out that you guys are related to Bass Reeves. Yeah. Uh, so how is that? How So Bass Reeves, first black deputy U.S. Marshal, I believe. Yeah, west in the, of Mississippi. Yeah, in west of the Mississippi, uh, 1800s. I still remember reading about him when I was a kid. Um, how did you find out that you were related? Um, and, and how is he related to your dad? So he is my, my dad's great, 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 might be another great in there, <laughs> grandfather. Uh, he just did one of those 23 and me's and, uh, yeah, he found that out. He called me, sent me some article and then uh, I had, I had some company. I, I want to say it was, I want to say it was Leonardo DiCaprio's production team. If that's right, don't misquote me on that. Uh -huh. Called me and asked if they, if they could do a movie on him. And I was like, listen, I, I don't know why you're asking me. Right, <laughs> Go right. ahead. I don't know if they're doing a movie or a TV show or what it is, but um, yeah, there's. It's an interesting story. I read a little bit up on him. Yeah. It's an interesting guy. Yeah, absolutely. And it just again, coincidentally, like here you are years later, yeah. you're the sheriff. Yeah. Right? I mean, same role. Um, what is so? I just walked in, uh, was hanging out in the hallway, and I watched. Uh, I watched. Mark Andre Fleury playing a prank on uh, Andrew Height, and it was just genius to watch. I mean, he was just doing all sorts of stuff in his room, things that I think that Whitey might find like weeks from now. Um, what's the best pranks that you've seen in hockey? Oh man, the best one I've seen in hockey. I mean, I I think probably uh, I think we had a rookie. His stuff was tied up put in uh put in water and then put in a freezer i like his clothes <laughs> and so obviously that's uh that's tough to get out of yeah. you know after practice you, you hate coming out to see that um you know i'm a big fan of scaring people i've al always have been. you know i got phil kessel uh i got scotty gomez shaddy uh one time so um yeah i, I like doing the scaring stuff but uh there's been a couple of, i think when, when i was in uh in the hl somebody sewed you know back in the day we had those like long string keychains. Oh yeah, it was like the rope or whatever. Mm -hmm. So they left the rope out of my pocket, but they sewed my keys inside of the pocket. Oh genius! And so I'm walking out of practice, and I'm trying to get my keys, and I just it didn't click until I got to the car. Like what was going on? I, I was trying to unfold it for about ten minutes. I was like, okay, they sewed sewed it in there. I got you. <laughs> I had to walk all the way back to the rink, unstitch it. Oh man, that's hilarious. Um. Tell me about your family. So, uh, wife, kids. Yeah, yeah. wife. Uh, I got a six-year-old boy, three-year-old daughter. Right, and they. Uh, I mean, first day here is Thanksgiving, and they got to go to to Spurge's house. I mean, yeah. first of all, how special was that that the captain, you know, thought right away to include you? But, it, but, but two. I mean, just to have somebody to hang out with when you're traded the day before Thanksgiving. Yeah, I mean, that was uh, you know obviously really nice of him. Um, you know, coming to a new team is always a little bit tough. You know, I I think. You know, my personality, I try and fit in pretty quickly with guys. But, you know, that those kind of things really help. Um, you know, shows what kind of guy he is, what kind of captain he is. So, um, yeah, shout out to Spurs for, for letting me come eat his food. <laughs> hey, he did a good job in the kitchen, too. He yeah. was uh, 
Yeah, it was a good meal. And uh, yeah, like I just figured that he hired a chef. I didn't realize that actually Danny oh, he, and him cooked. Oh yeah, he was he was in the kitchen. He was in the mix. That is hilarious. Yeah. All right, all right, we got some Twitter questions. Yeah, First right. one's from some guy named C Stu uh-huh. underscore seven on Twitter. Um, he's got, actually got a bunch of. I questions bet you here, he right? does. Bring, so, bring um, every one of them. All right, so first, tell us about the white shoes. <laughs> so, my style back in the day was uh, <laughs> I, I was I guess we could say I was finding my style, and I showed up to to uh, a game with uh, white slip-on. I don't even know. I don't even know if they were dress shoes, what they were. White slip-ons and like a black suit. And I thought I was looking good. And I came in and Stu just gave it to me. And then Shaddy gave it to me. One by one, all the boys gave it to me. And those shoes didn't see the light of day after. I just bought them too. I was devastated. I thought I was looking nice. <laughs> all right. He wants to know who won the one-on-one uh, basketball game in Jamaica. He, just ask him. I don't know why. I don't know why he's got to tweet that. He knows who won. And then he's going to be like, oh, you know. He's playing prison rules. Like it's always prison rules when we play. Like uh-huh. it's never, it's never. We're not playing the NBA. And he's like, "Oh, it was hot." Like, no, I, I whooped him up, and he can pull up any time if he wants it again. <laughs> so it's on video, or, or no, you no, mean it's oh, on okay. video? Yeah, yeah. All right, so you you can play anytime. Again. Yeah. Um, Stewie's actually still in Minnesota, right? He's yeah, up yeah. in the uh, he's, uh, like two and a half hours away. Nice. Yeah. So it's a quick drive, Stu. If you're listening, it's a quick drive. Get yeah, down play here. Play down here. Uh, by the way, I don't know if you know, like Stewie is one of the most popular, like instantaneously popular Minnesota Wild players. Uh, so much that the Wild acquired him twice. Yeah, but, you know the whole Stewie sprint and all that uh, stuff. Yeah. Um, I I actually was lucky enough. I covered both Stewart brothers. I covered oh, yeah. Anthony. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right, anchovies and Caesar salad. He wants to know. Oh man, listen, <laughs> I got allergies to fish, peanuts, pine nuts. Okay, we go out to uh, we go to dinners and. In Canada, not every Caesar salad has anchovies in it. I love Caesar salad. So we go out to restaurants, and every place I would ask is like, is there is there anchovies in that Caesar salad? And, you know, some places would be like, yeah, there is. Some places would be like, no. But, like, I guess back in the day, some places that said there is, but I already had, like, a little bite of it. Uh-huh. And sometimes it was just like it wasn't enough in there that my body wouldn't react. And sometimes, like, I take a bite, and it was like, ah, yeah, there's definitely some fish in there. And, like... You know, I get the scratch in the throat, and they oh, here we go again. <laughs> so I would just wear them out. It was always some kind of allergies going on at dinner. <laughs> all right. Hey, but you know what's funny, though? He would always shirt me about allergies, and then, you know, two years out later, all of a sudden, he's allergic to rice and gluten. It was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> make sure there's no rice in that. Yeah. Oh, is there rice in that sushi stew? Okay, just making sure. <laughs> um uh, where did uh, Dumbo was saying that actually that uh, that he met you going out to a basketball game and to hang out at a restaurant with Stewie, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, was that here in the Twin Cities or is that? Yeah, you know what? I don't remember to be honest. Okay, yeah. Um, he uh, Stewie. Last question from him. He wants to know uh, what size Chuck Taylor do you wear? <laughs> it's fourteen for everything. Okay, <laughs> so, uh, so the story behind that, I would go to like. Regular stores don't carry 14s a lot, right? right. And so it's hard for me to find shoes. So we'd be on the road. Okay, there's a mall right here, Foot Locker. I'm going to go. And I'd be like, hey, you got what kind of 14s you got? They're like, well, we got everything in 14s. So I'd say, listen, bring me everything you got in 14s, <laughs> except I don't need any Chuck Taylors. That's what everybody says. Like, no, no, we got everything. So the guy would go back, and then he'd come back with three boxes and be like, all right, I got three pairs of Chuck Taylors. That's all we got. <laughs> so it was just like it was constantly trying to find something other than Chuck Taylors. <laughs> Oh man, that's funny. Uh, all right, Wild Boy is fifty nine. Wants to know your favorite teammate. It's got to be Stewie, right? Or is it? Uh, so, yeah, Stu. Stu's who definitely besides Stewie. Who besides Stu? Uh, we got Stu, Shaddy. We got Flower. 
Shatty being Shattenkirk. Shattenkirk. We got Braden McNabb. We got uh, Barkley Goodrow. Those are probably my top. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, by the way, Bear Jackman so, back yeah. in the day too. Got to give him a shout out. Yep. Uh, he, he, great player too. Yep. Defenseman for uh, for St. Louis. So, uh, I, I, coincidentally, the day you're traded, uh, the the I had uh, Doug Armstrong on my podcast. So oh, yeah. Another GM that absolutely loves you. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's not often you can ask another GM about an acquired player from a rival team. Yeah. He'll go on and on about that player. <laughs> so, um, so Dan wants to know your best Chris Stewart story. Best Chris Stewart story. Oh man, <laughs> what's my? We'll come back to that one. Let me let okay. me cook something up there. Um, I, I don't know if I can talk about any of the best Chris Stewart stories. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Um, uh, let's see. Uh, what's your favorite uh, fight that you've ever taken part of? And this is from Brennan. Uh, probably the one against McGradden. Um, that was my first true heavyweight that ever fought. Um, I did really well against him. Cut him open. I think he had a conky after. Uh, I probably had a conky after too, mm-hmm. but I think after that fight, that was like the first time I realized how tough I was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was never really, I was never really a fire, fighter coming up. You know, in junior, I wasn't a fighter. My first year in the AHL, I wasn't. And then I, you know, I was told if you want to make the NHL, you got to start fighting. So mm-hmm. you know, I took boxing lessons. I started fighting. Um, but I wasn't really fighting when I first got to NHL the first year. I wasn't really fighting, you know, true heavyweights. I was just kind of mm-hmm. like the one rank below. And then when I got uh, that McGratton fight, you know, my confidence skyrocketed after that. Mm-hmm. Do you, going into a game when you know you're probably going to have to fight, and I know it's rare and more rare now, but um, like I remember I covered Peter Worrell in Florida, and there were times where he'd get anxiety going into a game knowing, I, hey, I got to fight that guy, Probert, um, you know, yeah. whatever. Um, Boogie, same thing here. Um, it, like, do you, is there anxiety going into on those type of days or? I did before that fight. Yeah. And then after that, that yeah, after that, it was like, yeah, I'm probably gonna have to fight, but I can handle it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, again, that was, uh, yeah, that was a big fight for my career. Um, Brett Marshall wants to know, um, have you and Felino talked about your fight earlier in this year? We know that you have. We have, yeah. yeah. We have uh, we talked about the fight, talked about the picture. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we squashed it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I remember saying to him, uh, he was like, I'm going to ask him to take down the picture. I'm like, there's no way he's taking down the picture. Snoop Dogg commented on the picture. You yeah, can't take that well, down. Snoop wanted to, uh, he wanted to print T-shirts with me. <laughs> so we were in the middle of uh, getting the picture. Well, we were trying to acquire the picture. We couldn't. So we were in the middle of recreating the picture. Uh-huh. And um, and we had a rough copy down, and then I got traded. So I called, uh, I called Snoop's team, and I was like, "Hey, I don't think we can print that picture anymore. Like, I can't do my boy like that." So <laughs> we we shut that down. That's hilarious. Yeah. You, so you couldn't acquire it because all usually all you have to do is call the strip. Like the Star Tribune took the picture, and they usually yeah. buy it for like twenty bucks. No, so apparently, uh, was it the Star Tribune? Yeah, Aaron Levinsky. Yeah, so apparently they have a, a deal with NHL that they can't sell oh, okay. yeah, sell pictures. Wow, yeah. interesting. Um, because, yeah, I used to work there. All right, Andrew wants to know, rank, rank your uh, top five fighters in the NHL right now. Uh, in no order. Me, McDermott, uh, DeLaurier, Luch. Uh, <laughs> who am I going to throw five there? I don't even know who to throw five. I'm trying to go through the league here. I'll throw it to Tom Wilson. I hate to, I hate to say that, but <laughs> I'll, I'll throw it to him. <laughs> you got that throw personal rivalry. Yeah. Uh, Joe Rogers, who's the most satisfying person to punch in the face? 
Uh, Evander Kane. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, Gene wants to know, um, do you, do personal rivalries travel with new teams as in Tom Wilson, Evander Kane? Uh, I think the Kane would travel with me. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Wilson thing, I think that's always just been on ice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't like a lot of stuff he's done on the ice, but, um, I think I, to be honest, I think I'd really like the guy off the ice. Mm-hmm. I, I think I've said that before. Um, yeah, the Kane thing, I don't think that's ever getting yeah, squashed. Yeah, what, what is it about Evander? Like, um, I'll be honest, I won't go into total deal, but I'm dealing with something from a PHWA standpoint because he just, like, went off on one of our writers uh, recently. Yeah. Uh, went crazy on him. I mean, like, w- w- like, what is it with this guy? <laughs> just, I, I think my whole career, I've always asked him to fight, and he always says, no, like, I would whoop you up. Like, no, I would be, you know, I'd. I'd piss pump you. And it's like, okay, well, if that's the case, then let's just fight. And mm-hmm. then, you know, he said in the media one time, you know, I think uh, one of his teammates called me, he's like, oh, you should see what this guy just said. And he's he was telling the media or, like, his teammates that he asked me to fight uh, in a game where I was chasing him up the ice, asking him to go, and he wouldn't. And then <laughs> he told everybody that he asked me to fight. And so it was just, like, stuff like that, and he just never would. And then, you know, we finally fought in the playoffs uh, a couple years ago, but you know, it's just stuff like that that just mm-hmm. just bothers me. Like, you know, if you're if you're gonna talk that much, you know, if you're gonna talk that much garbage on the ice, then you know, just back it up, and then yeah. we got no problem. But if you're gonna you know do that kind of stuff, and you're just never gonna back it up after you know seven eight years, then yeah, it's a, I'm gonna be sick of it. Yeah, I remember that 2018 San Jose Vegas series uh, um, when he got suspended. I remember when he I, who did he hit again? It was at Noshik. It was it was I can't remember. It was. Uh, mm. It was, but I remember going into the Vegas room and everybody flocked to your stall to get the quotes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you sure. definitely enjoyed that one. <laughs> so uh, Rob Winnick wants to know. So this guy must know Stewie, okay? Stewie told me you can't hang with him in the off season when it's full green light. True or embellished? Like, listen, <laughs> that could not be more embellished. Like, ask Stu about what happened to my bachelor party. So we, my bachelor party was in Montreal. We were going to go Montreal back to Toronto. So three days in Montreal, back to Toronto. Uh, well, we decided late we were going to go to Toronto. <laughs> Beginning of the bachelor party, Stu goes, are your boys in Winnipeg ready for this? Because I don't think they're ready to hang. And I said, hey, I, I hope they are, but we'll find out. Guess who was gone after the second day? <laughs> Didn't tell me, just packed all his stuff up and left a car in Montreal and flew home with the other Toronto boys because they couldn't hang, because they just couldn't handle it. So then I went another day, and then I went to Toronto for two days, and he didn't come out. So, like, I don't know I don't know where that's coming from, but, we need, you know, we need to get Stu on this yeah, podcast. Yeah, I know. We need to have a double uh, yeah, we, yeah. I did a podcast last year with Stu. It was outstanding. Yeah, you know, that's going to be my favorite Chris Stewart story right there. Yeah, yeah that's, that's uh, my favorite CC. Um, a couple more for you, Ryan. You've been real generous with your time. Uh, Mitch wants to know, I love this when you do it, uh, can we hear your Ken Hitchcock impression? Oh, man. <laughs> Jesus, Revo, get off the ice. What are you doing? That's the top line. Skate! Skate! Revo change. Uh, like that voice is just like it's burned into my soul. <laughs> oh man! I'll tell you though, he is a sports writer's dream. Like I still call him for you know, like he's he's you know he's a great guy though. Yeah. Like he's like he's old school too. Like he's like a baseball manager. Like baseball when sports writers you hang out in their office. Yeah. Like Hitch is the same way. Like as a sports writer, a lot of times you just go hang out in his office after a morning skate and yeah. chat with him. Uh, so I've, I've always respected that. He always treated us uh, well. Um, 
So MSG had a good question that I actually was going to skip until I watched you on the ice today with Connor Durr just hanging out and chatting. Um, based off first impressions, which young player do you think that you could best mentor here? Like, what do you and a Connor Durr speak about on the ice today? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I can't remember talking. Um, it was just yeah. you guys on one knee just chatting away. Uh, I think it was Durr. Yeah. Um, but either way, like, 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 uh, like, I mean, you got to know that when you walk into a room that a lot of these young kids just look up to you right away. I mean, it, like anybody here that jump out at you? Uh, you know, I'm still getting to know a lot of them, but, um, yeah, there's a lot of young guys on this team, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't got everybody's ages down, but just based on their looks, yeah. it looks like there's a lot of young guys, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I, I don't like really look to mentor anybody. I think, um, I think once guys get to know me, I have a reputation of, you know, those guys knowing that they can come to me for anything on, on ice, off ice. You know, I'm probably not going to teach them any skill stuff, but uh, <laughs> any any issues they ever have off the ice, um, anything they're going through. You know, I, I think I've always prided myself on being that guy that, you know, they feel comfortable to come to me and, you know, either talk it out or, you know, we can find a solution. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know. I don't play the big minutes like the top line guys. So there's mm -hmm. other things I try and contribute to a team, and that's that's definitely one of them. Uh, Maddie wants to know the best thing about each city that you've played for. Oh man, um, best. Well, St. Louis was my first home. That place gave me, uh, you know, gave me a shot in the NHL when uh, a lot of people said I was never going to play. So uh, you know, I owe a, little, owe a lot to that city. Pittsburgh was uh, a quick cup of coffee. I got to, you know, I think the best thing about that, I got to play with, uh, you know, Sid uh -huh. and Gino, you know, two of the best players in the world. Um, so that was, uh, you know, it was fun just kind of watching those guys do their thing and practicing in games. Uh, Vegas, um, you know, rejuven rejuvenated my career. Um, you know, when coming from Pittsburgh, I thought I was maybe done. You know, I wasn't playing a ton, but then, you know, I get to Vegas and all of a sudden I'm, you know, playing good minutes, go to the finals, get a couple of good contracts with them. Um, you know, and and I found a home in Vegas. That's that's now my summer house and my mm -hmm. off season. And um, you know, probably for a while, I was you know in the community a lot. Um, a lot of people don't know that that's uh, it's a whole different life outside of the strip there. So yeah, um, yeah, Ve Vegas opened my eyes to a, a different part of that city. And uh, you know, New York just playing the Garden. You know, a lot of history in that place. Obviously, an original six team. It was just cool putting on that sweater and and being part of that organization for you know a year and yeah. a bit. And obviously, it's super quick here in Minnesota. Have you gotten to do anything? Uh, I've <laughs> not. You know, I've been living in the hotel. We uh, we're going on a quick road trip here, so I gotta, you know, coming from Vegas to New York. New York wasn't that cold last year, so mm -hmm. I gotta get some boots. I gotta. I luckily the owner in Vegas bought everybody Canada goose jackets which wow. is a weird place to get a Canada goose yeah. jacket so I get to put that in that get to put that to use now but um yeah I gotta go get another like dress jacket some boots get ready for this winter I had to get some snow tires the, the racing tires don't work with, the, with right. the car here yeah tattooed 17 wants to know why number 75 uh it was given to me in uh in training camp and so I was always number 38 coming up um but then uh, they, they asked me if I wanted it. I said, no, not really. I would, you know, 38 was my dad's number. Mm -hmm. I was trying to, you know, carve my own path. And then, um, you know, that um, Demetra died in that mm -hmm. plane crash. They yeah. retired 38 anyway. So it was, yeah, I'll just take 75. Nobody had it in the league. So, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah I covered Demetra here. Um, Kevin asks, um, he'd like to know your stance on hockey and where it's headed. Um, is he and few others an aging guard, or do you think that it will be? And do you think it will be banned eventually? 
what? Uh, Fight, fighting. Fighting? Yep. No. Uh, I've said this before, and I think I think we've already started to see it a little bit. Um, you know, after last lockout, they were talking about kind of getting rid of fighting. You know, they're putting visors on everybody, um, you know, instigating rule. And I, you know, and you, you did. You saw the, the fights slowly dwindle down a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I said, somebody asked me that, you know, seven years ago. And I said, all it's going to take is, you know, someone like me or, you know, Luchich or one of these bigger guys to run over, you know, a star player. Mm-hmm. And everybody's going to be like, well, you know, where's the fighting? Where, you know, who's there to stick up for right. it? And so I think we've seen, you know, you know, when we went to the finals, you know, I was in the finals, Wilson was in the finals. You know, there's been some some heaviness in the last couple finals. Mm-hmm. And I think every season you see a little more of the fighting coming back. You know, now teams are, you know, starting to beef up a little bit where, you know, the years that Pittsburgh won, they didn't have any of that. So teams were starting starting to mock that. Mm-hmm. And now it's kind of going the opposite way. Um, uh, this person, great question. Uh, uh, you and Biz Nasty are 21 in the AHL. Who wins the fight? Are 21 in the AHL? Yeah. Uh, probably at 21, probably biz. I didn't, uh, I didn't have my weight on at 21. I wasn't, uh, I was still not, um, still didn't know how tough I was then. Uh, I was still trying to find that uh-huh. part of my game. And I think biz was always kind of that guy. So, uh, 21 biz 25 <laughs> and, and up. Oh, no question. Me. Um, Couple more for you. Shana wants to know. She works for the Athletics. She wants to know: Is it will playing home games in Minnesota in the cold change your game day fits? Because you are one of the best dressed. Yeah, it does. And you know what? I I threw on. I had a green suit I wanted to rock here, and it finally got here uh, after I went back from New York. So I wanted to rock that, but then I have my the only jacket I have is my big Canada Goose. So I wore the Canada Goose in the car, and then right when I got to the rink, I took it off, left it in there, and threw the threw the green jacket on. So we'll see. I'm going to have to get a nice dress jacket, I think. Uh, you definitely. Um, dead or alive, one person you'd love to have a drink with? Snoop. Snoop. Yeah, and not, not you, just, so have you gotten to know him? No, I okay, haven't. Just, and, and, you know, not just because he DM'd me. Honestly, uh-huh. I'm not a big celebrity guy. Like, I don't know a lot of celebrity names. Like, if you, you know, you looked at a movie, I don't really know what that guy's name is. I've just always thought that guy was the coolest guy in the world. Like, right. he, you know, growing up, loved his music. And you just you see what he's done with his career. He's everywhere. Oh, yeah. Like he is, he's everywhere, and not. And somehow you don't get sick of him. Yeah. Like it, somehow you just you still want more. You know, he does those Corona commercials. He's he's just, I don't know. He's done a great job with yeah. with his career coming up from the rap game. And uh, yeah, I now he's him. just hilarious. He's I he's mean, so yeah. funny. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, we get to see him a lot of times at the Staples Center. Yeah. And uh, and I mean, just. He's one of those guys, like I saw, I was telling this story on a podcast the other day, like I just was at the Four Seasons Hotel and the Golden State Warriors were coming in, and yeah. I've been a sports writer forever. I've not starstruck by players, but Steph Curry was right in front of me. I'm like, holy shit, that is Steph Curry. You know, it's funny too, because yeah. I, I told my wife, I'm not a, I'm not a huge basketball fan, mm-hmm. I guess, but I love watching Steph Curry. Yeah. Like he's just, he's so unique in the game. Exactly. And I, yeah, so I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, would, I guess that would be yeah. one NBA player I'd. I'd yeah. like to meet, but and but uh, it's same thing. Every time I've seen Snoop, Snoop at the at Sable Center, you just kind of s- stop and look at him and yeah. just like watch him because he's just uh, he's such a cool cat. Final uh, question: I asked you this on the phone right after you were traded here. Are you going to make a wild beer? Um, <laughs> tell everybody about se- about seventy five Brew and uh, and you've made one in Sa- with St. Louis theme, yeah. Vegas theme, and you basically said to Bill Guerin, "Hey, if you resign me, I'll do one for the Wild." Right? Yeah, so uh, <laughs> it's it's seven five, not seventy five. Okay, yeah, that's okay. okay. Um, 
yeah, I, I would love to. It you know it's it, it's a little bit of a process getting licensing. So we contract brew in Vegas. Um, so we pay a brewery to uh, brew all of our stuff, and then um, you know we we distribute it outside of that. Um, but yeah, it, it would be a process to kind of get the licensing. So when I when I was in Vegas, I didn't have it the first year. It was right when I si- signed my extension after that first year I got traded there. Um, and you know, we we started in August and we had our first beer out in December. It would be a little bit easier this time because we we know what to do. Mm-hmm. But I think if I started now and then you know got it out by just before summer or end of the year and then i didn't resign here i think it would just be you know i think it would die pretty quickly right so uh yeah if, if the boss wants yeah. to wants uh, to let me stay a little yeah, long yeah. which i'd love to and, uh yeah i'd, I'd bring well, that, it down that here. exact thing happened with zena kanavka he made a wild themed wine because he did ice wine and yeah. uh, like uh, i think it's lake in the Niagara or something like that and uh and then he he left and yeah. it was like all right now he's got this wild wine they started so, yeah. you know it was just a little weird so well hey ryan this was a lot of fun uh you know really uh looking forward to covering you as i told bill garen that day i'm like uh, i think sports writers in the twin cities were super excited that day when they when they acquired you just because you're always fun to talk to um i remember 2018 just flocking to your stall almost every day after practice just to hear what you had to say yeah so, uh really appreciate it ryan. anytime yep and here's a word from one of our sponsors well, thanks to Ryan Reeds for joining this week's edition of Straight from the Source. A really fun interview with Ryan. I uh, hope everybody enjoyed it. Um, the podcast will actually be off next week because Joe Smith is going to be traveling out to Western Canada with the Wild, and uh, I'm taking a little time off next week as well. Uh, the Wild play Anaheim at home on Saturday, then go to Dallas. I'll be there for that game. Um, and that begins a four-game road trip. But from Dallas, they will actually go up to Alberta and do a little team bonding trip, uh, I believe, south of Banff where they're going to be doing their own version of Amazing Race and all sorts of fun little activities um, in the woods, on a lake, all that type of stuff. So they'll have fun, and then they begin a three-game road trip to Calgary at Edmonton and Vancouver, and Joe Smith has a bunch of really cool stuff uh, planned. So hope that you continue reading and enjoying the athletics coverage and also podcast throughout our platform. Actor John Hamm, who I got to chat with a couple weeks ago in Vegas uh, when I was there for the Blues-Golden Knights game, he joined Sean Gentile and Jeremy Rutherford on the Athletic Hockey Show on Tuesday, December 6th. Peter Baugh, our incredible Colorado Avalanche beat writer, covered a cup last year. He has a new book out. He stops by the round table on Wednesday the 7th with Rob Pizzo, Jesse Granger, and guest co-host Joe Smith. He'll be uh, guest co-hosting for me. And by the way, if you missed this past Wednesday's show, definitely give it a listen. Bernie Nichols was our guest, and it was just a blast. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform and leave a rating and review. Subscribe to The Athletics NHL YouTube channel at youtube.com slash at The Athletic Hockey Show. That's youtube.com slash the at symbol The Athletic Hockey Show. Get a new subscription to The Athletic for just $2 per month for 12 months when you visit theathletic.com slash straight from the source. Again, a new subscription to The Athletic for 2 bucks a month for 12 months when you visit theathletic.com slash straight from the source. Talk to you next time, everybody.